Hi, I'm Charles Stanton. I'm on the faculty of the Honors College at UNLV and the Boyd School of Law. I'm Lana Weatherald. I'm a third-year law student. And welcome to Social Justice. Social Justice, a conversation. A conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Social Justice, a conversation with Lana Weatherald, a third-year law student here at UNLV's Boyd School of Law, and Professor Charles Stanton, a professor at UNLV's Honors College, as well as the Boyd School of Law. We thank you for joining back, and we hope you had a wonderful holiday. I think both me and the professor did. I apologize. I've lost my voice a little bit for this show, but I think we're going to charge on and power through because we have lots to talk about that has happened while we were away. So with that, I'll let the professor take control. Thank you, Lana. Well, uh, a good uh, post-holiday to everybody. Uh, we appreciate uh, that you listen to the show, and uh, we hope that you can uh, spread the word among uh, your many friends and uh, colleagues. Uh, I wanted to start today with a little discussion of what happened last week uh, regarding the uh, Congress and the uh, uh, election, uh, though a very uh, prolonged one, of Kevin McCarthy as the speaker. Um uh, when I was watching it on television, and I tried not to watch too much of it because it was so outlandish, uh, <clears throat> it struck me that uh, our, our whole system of governing, the way we govern, uh, seems to be in a kind of a, a slow decline, like a building that's going to collapse brick by brick. Right. And uh, I, I really could not believe some of the interplay between the Congress people. Uh, the Congress, of course... Uh, you know, as an independent branch of government, uh, has a responsibility. Uh, there's a responsibility to all of us because they ultimately approve funding for all the different programs that we have in the United States. And uh, what was interesting about it to me was there didn't seem to be a lot of the people in this uh, gathering who really wanted to make progress or really wanted to have a settlement. They were there basically to disrupt, to dissemble, and basically use Kevin McCarthy as a kind of piñata right. for all their many grievances. And it is normal in, you know, in, typically there's concessions to be made, right? Mm-hmm. We don't expect that, you know, deals have to be worked out for someone like Kevin McCarthy to to take that post to become speaker, right? You're going to need some sort of concessions. What we have seen is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, a little side deal, I'll put you on this committee. I mean, this is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. What we have allowed to take place um, has, you know, we've all but elected officials, and this is not just one or two or three members of a particular party. This is quite a number of them that do not respect our institutions mm-hmm. enough to not allow four separate votes take place. Mm-hmm. There were no, you know, after vote seven, there were no additional concessions. After mm-hmm. vote nine, after vote th- there, there was no time where someone stopped and said, I've had enough or I don't need to after the, you know, 14, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I just think we have, yeah, I, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and why are we electing people that don't respect the institutions that they claim mm-hmm. to want to uphold? Yeah, I, I think the other thing is we were, we were discussing before we came on the air is the fact that they basically elected a man who, as speaker, is supposed to direct the agenda for the passage of legislation, and the man they picked basically has no power at all. Right. So, and could be taken away at any moment. Exactly. I mean, it it is it is scary, and I, I, I don't know if our viewers or our listeners are aware, but 
there is a chance that at any given moment, any one of members of the House could start a vote or petition for a vote for a different speaker of the his power is illegitimate it could be you know swept out under from him at any given moment and he knows that uh, the rest of the party knows that and don't think that what hits the floor will not be then held in 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 sort of against him in the sort of idea of you don't do this you won't have your post you won't have your position if you do not put this on the floor the agenda setting capabilities when you're in constant fear of losing your position all of a sudden become they're not agenda setting capabilities they're you know listen they become a mouthpiece yeah i the the two interesting things that struck me was one thing was of course how desperate he was to get that job where he would literally do anything make any kind of concession which you know reminded me of what's what uh saint thomas more said that what does it profit one to gain the whole world but lose their soul right and then you have the people who were moderates and who knew better, who were going along with this whole fiasco instead of saying, listen, this is not the way our institution works. But the Republican Party has really been hijacked by these people. And their, their, basic, their basic agenda is they don't have an agenda. It's just right. to disrupt the government. Government, yes. You know? So that was, so that was a, a mayhem in, in, our, uh, in our congressional uh, institutions. And uh, it was followed by mayhem at the airports. Across the country. Across the country. And it's now we're in, what, second week of January? And it seems like since, I mean, since Christmas, every week there is some sort of controversy, whether it be, you know, all of this Tuesday morning, January 11th. All the airports were all the in, in America grounded all mm. flights for four hours, five mm. hours. Uh, this is not, and this is after the debacle with Southwest, where twenty five hundred flights across the mm. country were canceled and people were missing their children mm. on Christmas. Mm. And this is not, you know, it, we've. You don't want to say unprecedented. We've had travel errors before, but the kind of things we're seeing where mm. people are losing $1,000 worth of luggage, and, you know, they're yeah. on a flight to Kansas and their luggage ends up in New York City. Mm. I mean, these kind of things are troubling at best. And then I think sort of emphasizes a need for a different mode of public transportation, whether that high speed rails, mm. whether that be evolving and mm. putting more buses on the ground, yeah. whether that be putting more bike lanes on the ground. But something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah, no, it's. I, as I was telling you uh, uh, before, uh, I had gone to uh, um, New York City, uh, got to Kennedy Airport, and uh, the place was a shambles. Mm-hmm. It was really, um, it was really kind of scary. It was so like, I, yep. Um, just for the viewers to know, we have. Um, Harry Reid, which formerly mm. McCarran International mm. Airport here. And I'm sure, you know, even if you followed lo- local news especially, but national news was showing that the problems that were at Harry Reid International Airport. Mm. We're talking thousands of misplaced bags. Mm. So I personally went December 21st. This is a few weeks ago. And I would... Uh, I, I don't think I am being I'm exaggerating when I say I saw 5000 people waiting for luggage. I mean, mm. you could not move. It was body to body mm. in the baggage claim three days before Christmas. Yeah. Um, it, it's just not acceptable and not what people when prices are so exorbitant, yeah. when working class people cannot afford plane tickets a lot of the time to see their loved ones. How have we not figured this out? How is this not easier? How is this such a problem? Yeah. Well, I had the uh, opportunity on my on my uh one of my flights to talk to a couple of the flight attendants and they were saying how the the uh, quality of uh, performance has, has has eroded 
and the hours that they work have greatly expanded. Uh, one woman I spoke to had a crazy had one crazy day. She flew from New York out to L.A. She flew back from L.A. to New York, and then she finished the day from New York to Vegas. Mm, mm, mm. And she said this was not unusual that they were doing this kind of stuff. So when you wonder, like, well, why are these people sometimes grumpy at us? Or striking or not showing up. uh, You're not surprised. How can you be surprised? Horribly overworked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for, for, so on that happy note, <laughs> we'll, mar- we'll march into immigration, <laughs> Great. which is another, which is another uh, explosive issue these days, and trying to get to the root of who or what is the problem, why we have this immigration problem. I look at it, I, I look at it in, in a couple of ways. One way I look at it is. Um, for all those people who are bemoaning the 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 uh, uh, approach of people from other countries to our borders, we have had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity in this country. Our Congress has repeatedly uh, uh, failed in its duty to have a comprehensive immigration reform bill. This has gone on for decades. Decades. So, yes. so, so, so that's so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it, of course, is that the tr- treatment of the people who come over to our country should always be humane, and they may have to be repatriated back to where they they, they originated from. But putting people in buses and sending them all over the country to strange states is really something that's really morally wrong. Uh, I was watching a documentary that was filmed sometime in the last year. Um, actually, it was hosted by a, an individual from Milwaukee, so shout out to my hometown, where he, you know, he himself, of course, walked right over the border and started interviewing just, you know, on the ground, boots on the ground, mm. and said, what, what is your view? Is this something you would ever do? Would you attempt to? And so much of the sentiment from all the people he, he interviewed we're not doing this anymore. We're not going over the. It would be five thousand dollars cash for a question to travel, probably unsafely, and not make it. Mm-hmm. And then there is the assumption they will be detained, the mm-hmm. assumption that they will be treated inhumane once they are detained. And then this was all for five grand and the potential to make. So the the desire even is now waning, but for some there is no other choice. But for now, there to be common knowledge that you are going to be abused if you cross. I mean, what is that? Yeah. For it to be colloquially, they're just discussing about how they're going to get traumatized if they cross the border. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah, I think I think that a lot of that has to do with um, the color of a person's skin. Correct. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to no, say. No, hundred percent. And but know. then you just if we are the land of opportunity, if we are this melting pot, if we are all the things we've said we are for the past yeah. two hundred and fifty years, why are individuals scared to go through our immigration process mm. illegally or legally? Yeah. There's problems either way. I mean, I just don't. I don't see how we can espouse the value the values we claim to espouse, and then have mm. individuals terrified that if they come to this country of opportunity, mm. this country of greatness. This country that is above all else as far as opportunity for those that otherwise would have none. Why are they scared they're going to be tortured? Why are they scared yeah. that they're going to be locked in a cage? Why are they scared they're not going to receive food or that they're going to yeah. be extradited or that then they're going to be human trafficked to, from by Greg Abbott, God forbid? You know, there's just no... 
there's no reason we can say we are who we say we are and then yeah. have people espousing the views they espouse about our immigration system. Yeah. I would rec- I found it very interesting. Um, the last episode of the film series The Purge has a lot to do and a lot to say about this. I recommend it to everybody. It's really quite fascinating how you get the view of the people who live here and you get the view of the people who are coming in here. And you know, the other thing too is that we don't always credit the people who come to our country for doing a lot of good work, particularly in in the farm industry where so many of these people come from Mexico and and Latin American countries. Correct. And are in these in the valley, and they're de- harvesting the well, crops. Well, and, and know. then you know it, it kills me. Everybody, oh, inflation, Biden's inflation. Oh, my ten dollar vegetables. Blah, blah, blah. Why do you think they were so cheap in the first place? It's because all these corporations are able to pay immigrant labor far yeah. beyond and below minimum wage. So it's it just b- bizarre how people can justify their own belief system. No. And it's, you know, you have foods as cheap as it is because of immigrant labor. Come yeah. on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, 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 it's a never-ending problem. Right. Uh, but as you said before, Professor, this has been going on for decades. This yeah. is nothing new. It's become now just a sticking point and another fear stoker for the Republican Party. That, oh, they're still coming. You know, yeah. now it's just a different flavor or another more yeah. intense flavor. I think— And the, the numbers you know, now have—give uh, them some credence to their argument. I think we're going to start seeing a, 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 an increase in people coming from Brazil— because the, the political situation there, there has, has become so toxic has really and deteriorated, right? And it's, it's very it's very much like a lot of the autocratic states, like Hungary, right, and and others. And it, it's a whole bunch of nations that have embraced this stuff, and it's really kind of crazy because they were always democratic countries, and, well, and you know, <laughs> as as were we, as were we, you right? Know, exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think I wanted to talk specifically today because it's one of the areas where I think the professor and I, we, we agree about the problem, but maybe disagree about how it should be handled or about solutions or about how it's framed. Uh, and that's the fentanyl crisis. Mm. Um, so I'm going to have the professor lead in, but I, I think it's something that's important to talk about as it is ravaging communities. Yeah. All right. All right I'll, I'll throw my bone on the plate. And uh, that is to say... Uh, that we have uh, an explosion of fentanyl in the United States, uh, and it is, and it, and it is scientifically speaking, as lethal a drug Rug. oh god as has ever been uh, as ever been uh, publicly available. Uh, now, with the fact that they are uh, adulterating the fentanyl with uh, with an animal uh, 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 drug. That's meant for animals and not for humans. Uh, animal sedative, ketamine. Uh, ketamine, yes. Uh, you are going to have, and you are having, an enormous j- jump in the death rate uh, and an enormous uh, 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 escalation of not merely people dying, but people having all kinds of horrible uh, side effects from this uh, uh, drug, including uh, the, the flesh being eaten and all, all the rest of the stuff. My 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 thing about this, uh, and I don't I don't pose any solution to it, because every every country that said they had a solution to drug abuse failed. Right. But it it seems to be in a sense almost uniquely American to a degree, 
that we a country of probably more assets than, a country uh, of than any than any other country. Why is there such a demand for narcotics? In other words, there there are people who are always saying, you know, well, you know, the stuff is coming in from Mexico, it's coming in from wherever it's coming in from. But why do we want it so much? Why is there the appetite for narcotics in our country that that far outpaces any other country? Um, I you know, I, I think that's a it's an important question to ask. I think that if that were how this was framed, the fentanyl argument, why is it that you're going out and seeking a drug that all but destabilizes mm. your brain? I mean, this is not this is not even like cocaine. This is mm. not even like methamphetamine. This is this stuff's for real. Mm, um, yeah. I, I don't when it's framed as you know the killer swiping across the country. No, the fentanyl is a symptom of a larger problem. Mm. And if we don't address the larger problem, mm. which I think you hit the nail mm. on the head, the need for sort of state-altering substances because dealing with everyday life in America is just not fun enough mm. anymore mm. and nobody can do it sober and nobody mm. just wants to raw dog their day mm. because mm. it's horrible. Yeah. Nobody wants to be sober all day because it's god-awful here. Mm. I get it. Mm. I mean, when people can't make ends meet, when people can't find jobs that at least would pay them well enough to make ends meet, when people don't see themselves represented in their political sphere anymore. I mean, this is, you know, we've talked at length, this entire show has been about the problems inherent into this country. And I think when you're a little messed up, it's easier to, to turn away from those problems. Yeah. But this fentanyl, why do you need to be that messed up? Why are these people taking a drug mm -hmm. that they know could it, it all but lethal? And you know when you start that this will be your death sentence sort of thing, right? Um, but that's not how the conversation is framed mm -hmm. on major news stations. That's not how journalists, and they're culpable mm -hmm. for this too, even the best ones, mm -hmm. are reporting on this problem. It's not we as a country are so dependent on mind-altering substances that we've gotten to this point. The conversation is, well, there's sneaky little people putting drugs in your children's mm, candy. Mm. Oh, cops are touching fentanyl and dying. I just want to, I'll take a little aside here. There's not a single cop that's touching fentanyl and dying. That's all, that's smoke. That's nothing. Mm. Uh, they may be having a panic attack, but there is no scientific evidence that mere exposure to the skin would cause any physical reaction mm. in a person. It's, it's nonsense. It's not so all these and of course, you know what these cops look like that are reporting these stories and you know who they are. These white cops that are dying in the streets for just touching fentanyl, mm. for seeing the fentanyl, they're passing out, whatever. It's all, that's how fentanyl is reported, as this fear-mongering, as this, no, it's not desperate people who end up in addiction cycles that get so bad they turn to a drug mm. this serious. It's fear-mongering about the criminals in our country that are putting this stuff in your baby's hands, and mm. that's not the case. These are people that were already likely victims of the opioid crisis. These mm. are people that were already likely addicted to something whether it was, you know, X, Y, or Z, mm. it doesn't matter. But these weren't, this is not something that fentanyl did not just happen. Fentanyl is not just, oh, now fentanyl is on the streets. And it's a symptom of a larger problem. And I, I get so angry when it becomes about crime and it becomes about the war, on, it, almost like a war on drugs. It's not, mm. we're not going to solve fentanyl. We need to solve the problem that leads, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, the problem that leads people to fentanyl. But yeah. how can we ever do that when it's reported in such a sense that makes people fear the very idea of a fentanyl addict or feel fear the very idea of going to a city where fentanyl is prevalent? Yeah. It, I, I, I think there, I, I think, uh, there is a criminal element to this. And my, and, my, yeah. and, my, and, my, and my my thinking is basically this, that originally 
the the intention of the of the drug was 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 for a good purpose and the people who were producing the drug, maybe initially... I mean, this is for people with stage four renal cancer type yeah, thing. People yeah, that otherwise yeah. would not even be able to get out of yeah. bed. I mean, even even like with uh, dental procedures, there's an element of fentanyl that they use when you're when you're going to have a certain kind of work done. But I think I think what's what's been overlooked here is the corporate responsibility of the makers of these drugs. Particularly, particularly uh, to, to, to digress or move move aside for a bit, all the opioids that have been sold by the major drug manufacturers in this country, right, and uh, basically escaping any any criminal liability for what they did because uh, everything can be bought off, and I think that's a bigger issue that we have in our country, is that we don't have corporate responsibility. And we don't have a system of laws in our country where people who commit these crimes hiding under the guise of, of, of a corporation are punished. And I think that does a couple of things. One thing, obviously, is it doesn't discourage them from doing the same thing again with another drug. Right. If they can find they can make money from it. But it also leads to a certain feeling among the, among the population that the, the the idea that the laws are, are equivalent for everybody is a joke. joke. Right. And I think that's one of the things that's happened in our country is that the rule of law has, has slowly but surely corroded. So they'll see people who commit outlandish crimes. Nothing is done about them. Or the rule of law exists for l- people of a lower socioeconomic yeah, exactly. status. Exactly. The rule of law does not exist for people of a higher socioeconomic yeah. status. It's sort of given free reign. Yeah. Um, so, And then I think it's fair to say if there's rule of law for some but not for all, is there any rule of law yeah. at all? Well, no. It's, well, we're, see- we, we're seeing it with the – we're seeing it now with the uh, – the investigation of January sixth. I mean, I think I think that's a perfect example. Yep. I think that uh, whatever side of the coin you're on, as far as your political beliefs, we know that that was what happened that day was completely. Uh, um, I, you know out. what? I have almost seen a push in the past few weeks and months to water down what that is Mm. to sort of pretend that it Mm. wasn't as violent and Mm. as horrifying and just that the whole country wasn't sitting by in abject horror at what was unfolding on their television screens, uh, downplaying it, uh, very much a downplaying of what we saw. Uh, And because there's no justification for what we saw, but I have seen a huge trend in uh, people. Was it really that violent? Uh, Who actually died? I mean, things of that nature have been popping up and creeping up in, in, popular spaces of the internet yeah we have we we have now uh, two sets of news in our country yes we have news like that there's one set of news that are facts like you and i are here today and then there's another set of facts they're not really in the studio there's two people who are imposters right and they've taken over unlv radio (laughs) and and they're sending out all these false messages about what's going on in our country and I think it's 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 permeated almost all of our all of our shows when you turn them around on you know on on uh, I was watching it was funny I was visiting a friend of mine while I was away, and they actually have a it's it's a kind of an app where you can literally get 
every news station, every news network on this one app. Mm -mm -mm. And they're all across the board. Humans weren't meant to consume this much or know this much. Or, you know, we weren't supposed to know about, you know, some crime spree in another country to then stoke fear about us on the home front. I I would encourage, um, if if you're not already listeners of the show, to focus more on locally based news program and locally based publications. Usually those people um, are in your community. These are the people that shop at the same grocery stores as you reporting on things that are happening there. Um, And they have less of a, and aren't incentivized to have a political lean. that is not to say that there are not local news stations across this country with horrendous political liens, but uh, by and large, um, consumption of local media is better. Yeah. Um, I think for just better in the sense that you're obtaining things that I think are hard to put a, a, a spin on. The car accident happened here. X happened here. The weather will be X. Um, it doesn't have to be so politically and so politically charged. Yeah, I had an interesting experience when I was. I was at a dinner one night while I was away, and uh, one of the things that came up was was the the Apple phone, and this this uh, uh, revolutionary thing that was created. Right. And they had they had Steve Jobs on, and he was explaining the phone and all the rest of the stuff. I think two things have happened in the country. Well, not just the country, the world. I think technology has outpaced people's ability to comprehend 100 percent yeah i think that there's so much news there's so much of everything on almost a minute by minute second by second basis that you can't take it all in because of that because of that morality or basic law has become eroded because everything is relative now you know when humans advanced over time it was fire, then it was the wheel, then it was the... It wasn't all of a sudden we had everything you wanted to know all at once. Yeah, yeah. We slowly made yeah. advancements, one major advancement at a time. Yeah. Technology and the iPhone in general was the first, I think, piece of tech that... Mm-hmm was beyond just a, a simple advancement. It was all of the sudden we knew a few th- to we could know anything and everything at any given moment the yeah. second we wanted to know it. Yeah. We, we were never meant to advance that fast. Yeah. We can't copy. I think you're 100% right. We were never meant to move at this pace. Yeah. We have never in history had an advancement, I think, that that and that everybody had access to all at once. Mm, yeah. The whole world. I mean, there are people yeah. in countries where they do not have a stable government, but yeah. they will have a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. Where they do not have a place they can vote, but they have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I think it. I, I think his case was very, very interesting. His personal case. Right. Because he was a, a, a brilliant man uh, who, who, was, who did revolutionary things. Uh, and a lot of these people, and, and Musk is one of them, but he's not the only one, their view of like very basic things is very different than I think most, people, most people's views are. When he got sick, when he got sick, uh, he consulted with uh, uh, this doctor. And the doctor told him, he says, I have good news for you and I have bad news for you. He says, it's very, very serious, but um, we can take care of it. And if we do what we're going to do, which I recommend to you, right? Uh, uh, 
will take care of it. He didn't want to do it. He, he, he believed. He knew that his time was up. He probably didn't want to see the fruits of his own labor. Well, he, he believed he believed in holistic medicine. Oh, God. And what, what's interesting to me, you know, from, from having had some, some health issues in the past, uh, I've come to a realization, uh, you know, to, for long life is find a good doctor, trust in that person and what they say. But most importantly... If you trust in that person, many things in life are an urgency. Right. And there's a certain basic science that with all the, with all the technology we have, the, the contradiction is people don't believe in the science. Correct. A lot of which that created the technology. And now every scientist that has ever lived is a corrupt, liberal-influenced loon. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's very sick where we've come. And, and what was interesting is, is in the... Uh, in the biography where the, where the author came to talk to him in the garden, he lived out, I guess it was around Palo Alto. Mm-hmm, right. He, it was a terrible sadness about it right. because his death was unnecessary. He didn't have to die. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to live to see the iPhone. There, there's a meme, and I'm sure, you know, I don't know if the professor is on Twitter, but a very common meme is we have all lived to see man-made horrors beyond our comprehension. It's like yeah. a, a popular saying that yeah. people say, man-made horrors beyond, beyond our comprehension. I think Steve Jobs is like the embodiment of that meme. I think he yeah. had the sort of awareness that he has probably created man-made horrors beyond our yeah. comprehension. He's yeah. probably numero uno for that sort yeah. of, him and Gates, right? They yeah. started it. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, I mean, not to end this show on such a um, dark note, um, but people will ultimately, and we've seen it, die for incorrect beliefs and die for the idea. Right. I don't think that's exactly the case with Jobs. I think he just didn't want to see what he had created anymore and was tired. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, there is a willingness to stick with what you want until you hit the grave, whether that yeah. uh, sends yeah. you to your grave or not. Yeah. Yeah. Scary yeah. and sad. Yeah. Um so we are going to be returning now weekly for this program. As we close out the show, I just wanted to let everybody know we will be maintaining our spot at 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 Eastern. And this is, show is going to continue to air at Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys for listening. You know, we do always appreciate people that want to hear conversations like this that, you know, aren't about sports and aren't about talk mm-hmm. radio and aren't, you know, mm-hmm. uh, regular old podcasts typically don't want to make the world a better place every day. So we uh, appreciate when um, you come and listen to us when we try to do that. That, so. Well, certainly, because the, the, the audience makes the show, and we are merely the humble messengers. And with that, thank you and good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to our show. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at Wethel1, that's W-E-T-H-E-L-1, at nevada.unlv.edu, or to contact Professor Charles Stanton, contact him at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, that's Charles.Stanton, S-T-A-N-T-O-N, at unlv.edu. See you next time.